drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. Herb is the healing of a nation. Alcohol is the destruction. That from noted reggae star, maybe the only reggae star, Bob Marley. <laughs> I don't the, know about that. He's the biggest for sure. Who else is who else is a reggae star? Uh, I don't know, Ziggy Marley? Uh, yeah, but he's not like, he didn't have the acclaim that Bob had. No, I know. Uh, there's a lot of reggae stars that we don't know about, but he's he's one of the only ones that crosses over yeah. the in, entire culture, I would say. And I would say he's probably walking in his... You know, in his dad's shadow, easily. Well, he is, yeah. All the I'm Marley. Saying, aren't there like 15,000 Marley There are kids? a lot of Marleys that have done a lot of hits. They can basically form their own nation. They're, they're they within, pretty much could, yeah. Within Jamaica, they could form a sub-nation of, of uh, Marley town. If they wanted to. <laughs> yeah. Although Bob Marley got run out of Jamaica getting shot, so well, that's I, I don't good know point. if they would want to... Get, now they embrace him. I guess but he didn't shoot the sheriff in that, that that's true. Exact case. <laughs> he did would, not. Would you agree that Herb is uh, more healing than, than alcohol is, is more destructive? Um... That's probably true, yeah. Alcohol does definitely can lead to some wild mood swings, I guess. There, there's arguments to be made that uh, herb can have some healing benefits. Sure. There's not really too many arguments that say beer has healing elements. They sometimes, I mean, it could subdue you in certain situations yeah. if you need medical attention, like the old West where everyone yeah. swigged a thing of whiskey before they had raw surgery with no painkiller. Yeah, true. But And it can disinfect, I guess, yeah. if you have an open wound. But there's no- Once again, in the Old West, if you get a rattlesnake bite, you can <laughs> form the X, pour some vodka on it, or <laughs> right. some grain liquor, and but, disinfect. But outside of being used to uh, disinfect wounds, I don't really know that it has too yeah. many medicinal po- points. I mean, I will say that marijuana definitely has its more of a subduing quality. I don't know if it's... Is it more really more uniting than alcohol? I don't know, because... I don't know about more uniting, but... People get rowdier, I think, with alcohol, though. Well, yeah. Oh, you know? definitely. So no, you have no that doubt. problem. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I don't it. think too many people that partake in the herb get real angry. And, no. Uh, which can definitely happen with alcohol. But yeah. I also think alcohol can definitely be communal. I mean, we've talked about that several times. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think the craft beer movement is a good example of people coming together under alcohol. Well, and I would say also, uh, you know, alcohol has been a very much a building block of uh, civilization. Absolutely, and yeah. some of what we're going to talk about today. I mean, beer has been a big component of of uh, the United States for a long time, as well, has absolutely. been for many many civilizations. Well, I mean, the Pilgrims brewed beer and gave light versions of beer yeah. to their kids because yeah. if you drank water, you died. Right? Yeah, it was <laughs> so, it was an important food component uh, yeah. for nutrition. That's uh, true. Cleanliness. Yeah, I mean things like that. So I, you didn't. If you get low ABV alcohol, you could go live in the desert on that for a while. Yeah, you know, it does have it. It's maybe it's not too hydrating, so maybe the desert's a bad idea. But overall, it does at least give you the it gives you some uh, calories and yeah. things that you would actually be able to survive on. It gives you the carbs. If you need to hydrate, just like slice open a cactus and drink from that. Right, exactly. So you got then you got your water and your nutrients. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a food source. Yeah, it can be. It if can you, be if you needed it. Yeah. So let's talk about some fun United States beer facts. Being that uh, today is July Fourth, we are celebrating the. The the old birthday of the United States. I was about to say America, but America includes Canada, and Canada Day was last week. So That's true. Well, uh, America could include South America. Yeah, but that's also... South America is many countries, so we can't celebrate well, I know, all their birthdays. That's what I'm saying. So saying America is pretty yeah. broad-based. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to list out all their birthdays. Right. I don't get me wrong. I have them at the top of my head, like the yeah. tip of my tongue, all times. I one of my main things rattle, in school. Can you just rattle off like three of them? Uh, sure. Columbia is uh, August the thirty second. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that sounds legitimate. Alaska, December. Also not in South America. December second. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. And not so its own country, but, you know, well, it was a good effort. <laughs> you asked for facts. I gave you facts. <laughs> so this comes to us from the Beer Institute, which has been around for a long, long time. Speaking of them, 
Sounds they're, very generic. Well, they're, they're the National Trade Association for the American uh, brewing industry, and they were founded way back in 1862, uh, first as the U.S. Brewers Association. Every year they put out a list of uh, top 10 fun facts about beer and America. Oh, okay. So for 2017... We're about uh, to have some fun. We're going to go through all 10, but we'll go through a few of the... Uh, the more the the more fun facts of the the most fun. Not they're not all fun. Oh, okay. Like you know, drink, don't drink and drive. That's not a fun fact. No, no, that's not. That's just more of a cautionary tale. So don't do that. That's not a fun fact at all, actually. And don't smoke marijuana and drive either. Yeah. My brother did that, and it, while funny, it was also kind of dangerous, <laughs> given how like the door just like the passenger door just you know popped open. They just kept driving with the passenger door wide open. That you know, seems unsafe. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so the first beer recorded in America was uh, from 1587 in Virginia, in the Virginia colony. Virginia? The Virginia colony, yes. The original French pronunciation. Uh, colonists used corn to brew the first recorded ale in the colony. And, of course, now we use many other substances. Right. Uh, barley, corn, millet, oats, rye, sorghum, and wheat. Wheat. This wasn't West Virginia, right? This was regular? No, this is back when there was just one Virginia. Okay, makes sense. There were not two Virginians. <laughs> they were not a bi- bifurcated Virginia. The- they should go ahead and merge anyway. They it's kind should. Of BS. It's much like uh, Richland Hills and North Richland Hills <laughs> in Dallas. Richland Hills should just take back North. Or on a or on a national scale, the Dakotas and the Carolinas yeah. just combine. What's the deal? Make one state out of each. Oh, what's the deal with that? I mean, if, honestly, if we if we combine regimes, mm-hmm. we kind of, but combine the Dakotas, then we could let in Puerto Rico, maybe the Virgin Islands. We yeah. could maintain that even fifty well, stars. Or we let in uh, Guam, Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico. Yeah. If we have all three of those merge in, there you uh, go. All the all the other. Uh, sectioned off states, yeah. then we would still have fifty, like you said. Yeah, exactly. We can maintain. We don't have to change the flag at that point. Yeah, we, we can have to have, change all of our. We can have the same flags. Our it's terrible fine. national songs about fifty states and yeah. all that. We no can, need to change any. Yeah, let's just every time we combine a, a bifurcated state, right? Uh, we can add somebody else. Nice back. use. Yeah, you like uh, that? Yeah, that, that, that was a big yeah. word right there. We could take over France. <laughs> we could take over Canada. We could, especially Canada. Especially Canada. Uh, so the first shipment of beer arrived in the Virginia colony in 1607 from England. And, of course, we're still importing beer today. Uh, beer has always been a job creator in the United States. In 1609, after that first beer shipment, um, Help Wanted advertisements started appearing in London, um, looking for people to ship over to Virginia uh, to work in the breweries. That makes sense. And today, we employ over 2.2 million people just to make beer in the United States. Wow. I didn't know it was quite that high. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, let's see. So, apparently, George Washington um, habitually drank... Had a silver pint or cup of mug of beer placed by his plate, which he drank while dining all the time. And not, he did not have wooden teeth either. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, that is a. That's fake news. That is fake news. Yeah. He actually, they were made of like. Animal teeth. Animal and slave ox. Teeth. And, yeah, slave teeth. <laughs> literally slave teeth. I know. Yeah. He must have one like nasty mouth. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the, the hell breath that came out of George Washington? <laughs> it, did he get the right teeth in the right places, or did he have just like a bicuspid and like where a molar should be? He had, had one canine where one buck tooth should be. <laughs> he just yeah, put whatever anywhere. The other one was an ox tooth. <laughs> right. Yeah, and how do you combine like, yeah. uh, I don't know, ch- I don't know, ox teeth, like you said, and, yeah. and human teeth, and I don't know. <laughs> one, was, one was wood, another <laughs> yeah, one was made out of gold. Some random dog teeth, yeah. I don't know, whatever he had in there. One was, a uh, combo. One, was one of Jefferson's slaves' teeth. Yeah. That he probably made out with right before he took the teeth out. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, one was made from ox, one from beaver. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> yeah, just, it, there was a straight any, tooth. Any, any random animal found in the Northeast. <laughs> Little known watching fact, if there was a tooth lying in the ground, he was going to incorporate it in his mouth. <laughs> it, yeah. He ended up having like a thousand teeth. Yeah, he had he a, shark. Like a shark. He had a shark mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that may also be <laughs> fake news. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he should be part of the next uh, Sharknado movie. There though. we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tom Jefferson... 
the third president of the United States. Uh, his earliest plans for Monticello included uh, brewing space and storage for plenty of beer. And today, just in Virginia alone, there are 238 breweries. A couple of them I did see on my fabulous vacation. Oh, fa- fancy guy. We oh, never yeah. did talk about that. Yeah, we, no, haven't, we, didn't. we haven't recorded in a while, so we, we didn't true. talk about your fabulous uh, Washington trip. Maybe we'll do that. We'll do it at some point. Not now. Maybe then. Yeah. When then is now. So during the Revolutionary War against uh, Jolly Old, uh, the beer was a part of a soldier's daily ration. They got a quart of beer a day made out of spruce or malt. So that okay. was part of the ration. Uh, that started on June 10th, 1775. In 1862, to help fund the uh, war effort, the Civil War, Lincoln signed legislation to tax beer to help finance the government uh, during that time. And uh, 37 New York breweries formed the United States Brewers Association to uh, ensure that the taxes got collected. And then that later became, in 1986, the Beer Institute. Oh, okay. Makes sense. And according to WalletHub, not a real site... That's totally that like, fake news. It's like money porn, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, look at that fancy leather wallet. <laughs> oh, you have a Confederate dollar. You have it on a Ooh, hub. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, that rare Liberty Bell. Ooh, so sexy. That is, yes. Uh, let's see. According to Wallet Hub, the, uh, where everyone likes to jack it to money, uh, Americans spent $1 billion on beer over the 4th of July weekend in 2015 alone. Uh, it is that making it, right. it makes it the most popular drinking holiday. I'm not surprised about at least that at all. Beer. At least for beer. Yeah. And finally... Well, I figure Memorial Day would be close. Yeah. Any of those like, outdoor, warmer, grilling-type days, yeah. I figure those are going to have the most beer consumed. Basically, anytime we celebrate soldiers and their efforts, we yeah. turn it into a drinking holiday. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, yeah. or Labor Day, really. I think, I think those three would probably yeah. be the top three, because people, people drink a lot at yeah. uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, but that's like... I bet that's a lot more regular alcohol than it is beer. Yeah. It's it's warmer, or excuse me, it's cooler, and that's like a warming-type drink, and yeah. beer is more like, I want something cold when it's hot outside. Yeah. So it doesn't really surprise me that those summer days are more beer-oriented. Yeah, outside grilling. Yeah, exactly. Doing cannonballs in the pool, jackknives. Coming super like that. sweaty grill mark. That's right. You know? Absolutely. They all become super sweaty GM. <laughs> they SSGM. do. SSGM. And uh, last year, I guess we did uh, go through all 10 facts, but uh, last year, the AAA projected nearly 43 million Americans traveled during Independence Day. Uh, it says, you know, don't drink and drive. Be safe. Oh, okay. Well, so if you're listening to this on July 4th or any other day And you're driving year, around drinking. Yeah, if, you're, if you have a beer in the hand, that's not cool. That's bro. not cool. We are not the Bad News Bears era where you could just uh, leave a six-pack in uh, your center console. I saw it my father when I was five and yeah. could dr- drive around drinking a Budweiser. Have a roadie, okay, yeah. We can't I do that now. Back in the day, it was kosher. It was kosher. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't illegal, I don't think. It was literally... Or they didn't care. It was literally part of Jewish law. <laughs> Maybe it was illegal. It was literally, care, but literally now they, kosher, they yeah. do care. Yeah. And they... Yeah. The... Uh, now the rabbis disapprove of that and it's no longer kosher, so you cannot have a roadie anymore. Yeah. No more uh, Budweiser on the road. Texas was probably one of the last states to ban it, actually. Mm-hmm. I would guess. I wonder if there... I guess there probably aren't any states that allow roadies anymore. I could be wrong. I don't think so now. Not that that stops a lot of people. No. Including some people closely associated to my... To, to me. Have you ever where. roadied before? I've never roadied. Um, not with beer. I've occasionally taken the remains of a drink. <laughs> like, not, not like a full... Right. Uh, yeah, not, not a full like uh, you know vodka martini or something. Yeah, <laughs> with a twist, the whole glass, where you're <laughs> trying to keep it from spilling. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you look know, like Jason Siegel in the Samantha scene from Sir uh, there, Marshall. There's been yeah, exactly on the road. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's been occasion when I've had like half of a drink, let's say, and we're going a short distance. But I've never gone like driving around town. Yeah, uh, like from here to you know uh, two eggs. 
Yeah, all the way to two eggs. Uh, or gun barrel. You need a roadie to go there. Yeah, yeah. I'll need a roadie. I need to be drunk to want to go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I never, never any significant distance. Not that that's an excuse. It's not <laughs> right. an excuse. You shouldn't do that, kids. Do not drink and drive. <laughs> I've just never, I've never done that. I've never taken yeah. alcohol with me. It's not. It's I, something I, I've done frequently. I've, I've ridden with someone who was drinking in a passenger seat. I don't know if that's any yeah. better, but which I still don't know why that's not allowed. They probably just assume the driver can reach over have and have a swig of it and just go, oh, it's really theirs. Although, I mean, they could test you and yeah. prove that you didn't. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. That is a good question. I mean, they could, yeah, run a, a blood alcohol test on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, don't drink and drive. There are plenty yeah. of services these days available. Don't, don't test these limits we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. If you're going to go to Eggs, Grum Barrel City this weekend, uh, take a lift. Take an Uber yeah. all the way. Yeah. I'm sure the lift driver will you also can't drink in the lift driver's car either, but. Which is also some BS. That's something <laughs> I, I we should agree. definitely allow. Yeah, I that's agree. Some, that's, some, that's some true quality bullshit. They should have. That's a, how the cabbies could get the leg back up. Is that's if true. They pass. It's true. Since they have like the window and shit between them, that they can uh, actually allow roadies. Yeah, they should absolutely. Yeah, they they should, should do that. Maybe uh, Lyft and Uber should start a party bus service so you could order up the party bus. Yeah, how does the party bus get around? Yeah, it? exactly. I guess because they have a special bus license. But party bus the, license. You could give the bus driver alcohol just like you could any yeah. other passenger in any other vehicle. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Wonder if they put like a air marshal on those once in a while, just like I doubt it. The plant. Hey guys, are you enjoying your party? I too am a fellow party goer. I don't know why an air marshal would be on a party bus, but you know, I don't know why he has to talk like that. I too am a cool hip party goer here to enjoy this alcohol. Does anyone know this sixty-year-old guy? It seems kind of random. I'm your brother, John. Don't you remember? Considering party buses are generally rented out by one party, it'd be weird to have the one rando in there. And then he pulls a gun on the bus driver and blows exactly. his head off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, that sounds fun. <laughs> Mid-highway on the way to Gun Barrel City. That, <laughs> that, that sounds off. as safe as giving him alcohol. Yeah. When the driver takes a shot. <laughs> he just pulls out his Glock and blows his head off. Exactly. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah, and then he kills everybody else with his 38 special from his pant leg. Oh, yeah. Way to go, Air Marshals. Way to go. Way to go. Happy 4th of July. So That's our probably one and only PSA ever on this show. It is. No, don't don't drink and drive and don't blow a driver's head off. Everything else, we we try to encourage people to be degenerate. So. And if you see a guy that doesn't fit into your party, there's a good chance he's a U.S. Air Marshal on your party bus. Check his butt for a gun. <laughs> it's where he keeps his Glock. <laughs> exactly. All U.S. Air Marshals go through a special butt cavity if training. If bridesmaids taught me anything, that's, that's, true. that's what it was. Exactly. And so it, didn't, it didn't teach me anything else. Today, to further our uh, celebration of the United States, of the United States' birthday, uh, we are going to drink... Uh, a beer that ostensibly celebrates America? Yeah. Mark uh, sent me all around town, said, That's right. I don't want to review anything that right. is not a, US, or is not a mm-hmm. uh, July 4th style, U.S. celebratory style beer. But I sent you in a lift around town. That's true. So, yeah. In a party bus. A lift party bus. <laughs> he sent me in the party bus with the guy with his head blown off. <laughs> so that, that, that wasn't too great, but. Yeah. <laughs> you had to sit in the lap of his corpse on, and drive around. It was traumatic on several fronts. <laughs> I haven't seen a murder in front of me before <laughs> and almost dying when it, the bus went off the road. But through all of that, I was able to find a uh, an America F yeah type beer. All right. And uh, we'll take on that beer after this. Hey, 
Hey guys, Josh here just to let you know, to remind you, to get the word out, to put it in your brain that no matter when you're listening to this podcast, Thursday is right around the corner. What's so significant about Thursday? Well, at Thursday at noon, you get to tune in and listen live to Liquid Lunch. Join myself and Catherine Contreras from She's Crafty Podcast as we join forces to bring you Texas's live midday craft beer show. It's the only one like it out there in the entire world. We're live. We take your calls at 713-678-0070. We have on the best guests in the craft beer world from the state of Texas and beyond, and it's just a fun time. You'll hear what you're eating, what you're drinking. We'll get the latest in uh, news and craft beer goings-ons, promotions of all the latest happenings, and you can be a part of the show with us each and every Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com is where we're located. Also on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, streaming live video and audio. Your choice. Come join the party. Kick off the weekend Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com. That's Liquid Lunch. We'll see you there. So today we're celebrating America with clown shoes, a brewery we've intended to take on several times before, uh, and most recently St. Patrick's Day, but for whatever reason we didn't get to it. So here we are, back with clown shoes. Yeah, it's or not back with, but here we are uh, with clown shoes to give a peck on the cheek to clown shoes. Um, yeah, so clown shoes is very notable for their labeling. I would say I love their labeling. They, they stand out quite a bit on the shelf. They have a yeah. lot of rando stuff, and um, you know that's that's part of what's attracted me to them in the past. Yeah, they're pretty readily available i would say they're they're one of those like several of the breweries they're always kind of around so i don't think about them as much yeah although like i said they do stand out more than some of those other breweries because they have the unique labeling but often i do you get clown shoes very much just randomly yeah, um yeah i'll pick them up randomly the, yeah. so mostly what you said it's usually the labels that draws me first something catches right. my eye um i've had many of their beers they're definitely one of those breweries that you talk about scatter shooting <laughs> Those guys, like, they load up their beer shotgun with a bunch of rock salt. They and do. And then, like, it's ex- like, they have so many beers. Oh, yeah. And they, I mean, and they mass produce them, like, on a large scale. Because you can find Clown Shoes just about everywhere. I was going to say, Clown Shoes is not one of those breweries that I have found to be, oh, we have this special release where you can only get it this time of, maybe they have seasonal, but they don't have, yeah. you know, we're only going to have, like, a limited run, and you better yeah. you better get it at the counter because you're not going to be able to find it. Most yeah. all the time, Clown Shoes makes enough to where you're, you're set and you can get it. Yeah, yeah. They, um, I love their artwork. They, uh, a lot like Noble Ray, they, they're, it really stands out on the shelf, and it appears that it's the same artist, I guess, that's doing it, or maybe it's a group that they can all draw similarly. But I mean, they almost look like paintings. Yeah, they're really the cool. Shoes. They're very. Yeah. Um, if you've somehow never seen a, a clown shoes beer, they're very much like a comic book, comic book esque yeah, drawings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good description. And a lot of detail in them. Very yeah. creative. Very just very like uh, they really pop. A lot they of color do. to them. They really yeah. pop on the shelf. Now, I haven't always cared for all their beers. I would say I would have. A, I, I've had a largely good experience as opposed to bad experience with their beers. But sure. I, one that just jumps out that I really didn't care for was, I think it was a Russian Imperial Stout called the the Good, the Bad, and the Unidragon. And it was it was oh, okay. based on, I think the base was the Blakehorn Unidragon, which I thought was a decent Russian Imperial Stout. If I could have the style completely wrong. but Blakehorn Unidragon? That's what you're that was about? the original base. And then oh, they, the base, okay. Then they made it a, a variant that might have been just for Texas called the Good, the Bad, and, and the Unidragon. Oh, okay. And... 
Yeah, maybe maybe so. And, yeah, uh, I, I, I've never, I have not had that one. I didn't really care for it. I thought it was a little too, um, a little too dusty, a little too bitter for my palate. Um, some people probably really appreciate it, but it didn't really work for me. A little too burned tasting, charred. Yeah, but uh, that may have been what they were going for. I didn't do a lot of research into it at that time. But the Clementine, really, really good, solid uh, beer. Um, they've had a number. They've had so Did, many. Like, didn't they also have a pecan that you weren't a fan of? I, I think it was mm, them. May have been. It's, okay. it's possible. Yeah, like you said, I, I think they're a little bit. They're a little bit hit or miss. Yeah, um, but they, as well. But, man, like they make so many dang beers though, and it's it's amazing. I don't know what their production size is, their their brewery size, but. Man, they put out a lot of beers. Oh, yeah. I mean, just to go over a couple of the, the top beers they have, uh, you got the Clown Shoes Tramp Stamp. Uh, gets a 92 overall and 750 reviews. Uh, the Undead Party Crasher, which um, gets it's a 10% Imperial Stout, which gets a 93. The Chocolate Sombrero, which I have had, which I enjoyed quite a bit, uh, that gets a 93. Wasn't that a spicy beer, or am I thinking of something different? Uh, I don't remember it being spicy. I remember okay. it just being more, um, more in the vein of um, kind of like the Rogue Chocolate, something like okay. that. Uh, although a little sweeter than that. Uh, excuse me. The uh, Hoppy Feet Black IPA. Uh, that's a 7% Black IPA. Not a big Black IPA fan, so yeah. I probably won't ever have that, but I haven't had that one. Very short-lived trend, the Black IPA. Yeah, and then the uh, the Unidragon that you've mentioned before. It's a 12.5% Imperial Stout. 94 overall Yeah, uh, on 650 reviews. And then they have the uh, Clementine, uh, which is a wit beer, which is a 6%er and gets mm-hmm. a 76 overall. Yeah, it's it's a good solid wit beer for sure. Yeah, I feel like wit beers get low ratings a lot, but well, it's one it's one of those styles that I feel like uh, hit early in the craft beer evolution of America, yeah. especially um, you know around the same kind of started to evolve around the same time as uh, wheat beers kind of took off as the, kind of the first foray in the craft beer market. So now this is the one I know you had this one because it's retired in 2013 and we talked about it uh, before this show. It's the Genghis Pecan Pie Porter. And I remember you not being a fan. Really? Of that. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember the bottle, but yeah. I don't remember what it tasted like at all. Okay. But um, it actually got uh, decent reviews. And I know we have a fan. I might be uh, Nikki B. Nikki Bay, uh-huh. as we refer to her as, who uh, really liked the Space Cake um, IPA. And I remember it didn't I, really work for me. I don't think I've had that one. Um, I it was okay. It just wasn't. Yeah. I don't know. There was something about the hot profile. It didn't really agree with my mouth. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Well, today uh, we're going after a mixed bag. It's a Belgian IPA from them. Which, why are we celebrating the Belgians on an American holiday? I don't know. That's that's a good question. What the hell has immigrants <laughs> ever done for the United States? Well, we'll cover that in a future episode. <laughs> but, in the uh, Politicast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. True Bloods Political Edition. Uh, this one is called the American Monastic, I'm guessing. Uh, this is, like I said, a Belgian IPA. Uh, the commercial description says this beer features seven premium hop varieties and a Belgian yeast strain. From the white to wear, excuse me, from the right to wear monk robes with stars and stripes, shameless, shamelessly eat greasy cheeseburgers, and unrestricted use of the sol- the selfie stick. This beer represents the freedom to explore America. So, what better Belgium. beer could you have yeah. for Fourth of July? The one that talks about eating greasy cheeseburgers, wearing robes, yeah. and exploring America. Yeah, you just would figure if they're going to do an American celebratory beer, they would do like an American IPA. Like yeah, the, well, West Coast true. or an East Coast IPA, maybe not. I mean, not a Belgian. Really, yeah. nothing about against Belgium, but uh, you would figure they might do something I mean, a little I less Eurocentric. Belgium, I know, I know, you're you really hate <laughs> Belgians. Much like Hitler, you, you guys had that together. You Although it, it's a Belgian yeast strain with seven premium hot varieties, so. Maybe the hot varieties will override that. I could have sworn I saw, and I, I'm probably wrong on this, but I could have sworn it was. It tastes a lot like a Belgian. 
like a Belgian triple. It's got like a base of a Belgian triple, uh, which I know you're going to hate. That's not what this says. No. It okay. Says I, it's, I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I may be. I smoked a lot, a lot of dope earlier, so. Honey, light bitterness, slightly herbal are some of the descriptions. Uh, moderate bitter flavor, pine dominating are some of the descriptions. So, okay. You know, I have, I have high hopes for that. But uh, to go for the ratings, uh, Beer Advocate gives an, an 88 overall. Rate Beer gives it a 93 and 70 in the very offbeat style that it's in. And Untapped gives it a 3.7 out of 5. So a little bit lower, but, you know, not, not bad. The, the Rate Beer and the Beer Advocate scores are pretty high. Untapped's a little bit lower than I would have expected, but... Yeah, I would say fair to Midland. Yeah, I mean, well, three point seven is above above average, but yeah. not not great. But it's, it's, it's kind of average. in that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's slightly above average. Yeah. Uh, so expectations for this beer? Um, if it focuses more on the hoppiness and less on the Belgian, which it appears to from yeah. reviews, then I think I'll be happy because those are pretty good ratings, and I love an, a good IPA. So yeah, because we're the pioneer the better. We are noted like when it comes to Belgian beers, we there are certain things I I like about Belgian beers, but I'm not generally, and you're not really a big fan of earthy tones. I don't lot, like beers that taste like you're eating a lawn. Yeah, a lot of times. I'm not well, a fan of that. Although we should review the St. Arnold lawnmower at some point, because that does taste like you're, <laughs> you're, you are a we lawnmower. We should, because that's your, your yeah, old favorite. We should both review our uh, gateway beers at some yeah, point. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, but yeah, they definitely have that kind of dirt undertone, a lot of them, a lot of Belgians that I don't really care for, and I know you don't either. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. And a lot um, of Belgian beers. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, you're always saying how regular Belgians are dirty and have yeah, dirty exactly. undertones and overtones. Yeah, I like to lick them all as kinds I'm going of tones. The street. Yeah, yeah. Just take a random sampling of <laughs> Belgian filth. Yeah. If you're Belgian, you run into Mark. Watch out because he just grabs you and slowly licks yeah. the side of your face. I lead with my tongue, anyways, in a really creepy way. Yeah, <laughs> it takes about about two or three minutes for him yeah. to go from chin all the way to forehead. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm dedicated <laughs> to my work. I like a lot of detail. It's a thorough tasting. <laughs> exactly. I also smell with my tongue like, like a lot of snake. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's tongue darting. He's tongue darting your face <laughs> yeah, the whole way up. The entire way. It's really weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know. I'm expecting like I, I think Clown Shoes generally makes some pretty good beers. I don't I don't know if they've ever made legendary beers like we hear about like your KBSs, your yeah. you know your uh, Bourbon Counties, your things like that. Um, I think Chocolate Sombrero is pretty noted, and Tramp Stamp's pretty noted. But, yeah, but but I, are they legendary KBS? No. But like one of those you're like yeah. standing in line for? No, no, probably not. Pretty no. Conscious is pretty ubiquitous. You can find them just about everywhere, and with an, and with a decent stock, which is nice. But yeah, they I don't, don't have, have a problem with they that. They don't. I don't think they ever have a scarcity problem. So that's probably. Uh, I think if you whether it's artificial or not, they don't have that that value that comes from a scarcity issue i don't think yeah. now there may be stuff we don't get here that sure. we're not aware of that could totally be there but nothing that we get here readily available i think is like just you know well, I think you're right. pants off yeah i think you're right yeah yeah so i'm expecting good things i don't know if i'm expecting muzzle, a home run home run but uh, yeah. yes mazel mazel so uh, after this uh, after you learn about the history of clown shoes we will get to the belgian style ipa with the tasting clown shoes tasting clown shoes <laughs> Clown Shoes Brewery was founded by Greg Berman in 2009 and first brewed in Ipswich, Massachusetts at the Mercury Brewing Company. The name was originally submitted to Beer Advocate as part of a contest, but failed to make it into the top five finalists. This prompted Greg to create his own Clown Shoes beer through the use of contract brewing. Between Greg and his head brewer, Dan Lipke, Clown Shoes has continued to grow, expanding both their beer lineup and distribution, which now reaches 25 states. Though the contract brewing model has been successful for Clown Shoes, they're looking to create their own facility, including a taproom space. Clown Shoes' signature beers include The Barista, an 8.5% breakfast brown ale, The Space Cake, a 9% double IPA, 
the Undead Party Crasher, a 10.5% Imperial Stout, and the Blakehorn Unidragon, their 12.5% Russian Imperial Stout. The overall impression of a Belgian IPA is that it is an IPA with the fruitiness and spiciness derived from the use of Belgian yeast. The examples from Belgium tend to be lighter in color and more attenuated, similar to a triple that has been brewed with more hops. This beer has a more complex flavor profile and may be higher in alcohol than a typical IPA. Now, what is the ABV on this one? Uh, you know, I was actually just trying to look that oh, up. Oh, wow. Uh, it is 8.5, so okay. it's, not, it's not too bad. I mean, it's not bad, but yeah, probably it's higher than a single IPA typically is. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. That's more double IPA. Yeah. Or imperial IPA. Yeah, it falls you know. more into that category, but yeah. it's not declared as such. Now, the uh, we should talk about the bottle because, again, we love Clown Shoes artwork here. Um, the It's very America F, yeah. It is. There's a person that... Honestly, it looks like I mean, it looks like uh, someone. Car- it's obviously somebody covered in an American flag, but it almost looks like someone in a hijab. A little bit, yeah. You know, um, or maybe you're Rocky when your sweatsuit is made out of American flags. But I would say it looks more like a hijab. True. Uh, they are appear to be standing in front of the reflecting pool on uh, in Washington D.C. Yep. In front of the, uh, I guess that's the Lincoln Memorial in the background, and Get the Lincoln Washington and the Capitol. Yeah, and then yeah, the Capitol in the background, on the left. Yeah. There's a guy with a selfie stick, a guy eating with a trucker hat, eating a greasy cheeseburger. There's a dog. Yep. <laughs> and I really can't tell what the person in the hijab is standing on, and there's somebody below them as well that's covered up by the, uh, by the, the text. Name. Yeah. But uh, this is the American monastic Belgian style India pale ale. So, what do you think of the artwork on that one? Uh, I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty diverse. It's I think it pops. pretty inclusive, and it, it definitely pops. And it has that comic book look. Yeah, uh, like you you talked about how all their labels do, and this this falls in that category for sure. So the appearance for a Belgian or a European IPA, I guess it's a Belgian IPA, uh, light golden to amber in color, off white head is moderate to large in size and has good retention. Clarity is fair to quite hazy and dry hopped examples. Uh, head good retention, I would say no. Um, the clarity is not high, which is true. Uh, the white head that was there uh, was as described, but it did not it did not maintain. And we are drinking these out of IPA glasses, but yeah, it did not retain at all. Yeah. Uh, definitely hazy. Uh, definitely appears to be unfiltered, um, which is and it is a sort of a golden sunset color. Yeah, we're back. We're back inside, and Mark's media room yeah. was actually allowed back in his home. And uh, this room actually has a lot of light. To where I don't know about things. a lot. I mean, we have a tradition in, in of this house of having barely having any lighting. But compared, <laughs> compared to, to, to one flickering bulb, yeah, that compared you had in to the, the office, old studio, this is a little yes, bit more. Yes, yeah, but, the, yeah it, it's definitely unfiltered, and it has carbonation. There are bubbles yeah. sitting there at the bottom. Yeah, a lot of carbonation on this one, and lacing is uh, quite thick, actually. Oh yeah, very uh, very Victoria's Secret. A lot of lace, a lot of early Madonna it days. It falls off kind of quickly, but it's thick when it, it does. happens. It does, and who likes who doesn't like them thick? And who doesn't like it falling off quickly? That's right. Uh, aroma, moderate to high hop aroma, often tropical, stone fruit, citrus, and or pine-like, typical of American or New World hop varieties. Floral and spicy can be found uh, indicating the European hops. Sometimes can also be grassy due to dry hopping. Now, <clears throat> grassy due to dry hopping is definitely present to me. I feel like it's definitely got an earthy, grassy uh, aroma. And then there's a bit of a pine on the back, but I think most of it is definitely grassy and earthy. You think? Yeah, I definitely. Smell, I smell more fruit, like mango. Oh, man, that smells completely earthy to me. Uh, man, I got to disagree. It smells like, well, mango, like well, mango. Make a comparison. See, <laughs> if, right. see if we have the same aroma. Is this like a, the KBS event? All <laughs> Hopefully not, but... Yeah, yours smells different. Yeah, To me, it smells grassy. It's, yours is more grassy than mine. Yeah. Mine's, I mean, smell this one. All right. See if you get more like a mango smell. 
Yeah, yours has that's, more of a mango smell. That's really weird. That's weird. <laughs> that's very strange. <laughs> yeah. And we're, again, we're drinking out of exact same beer, exact same glasses. They appear to be the same. I don't know if they're the same production batch or not. I don't know if it has any indication of that. I'm kind of curious. But, but that is interesting. Um, how I, I would have, I mean, unless they had one that was had been sitting and then they replenished. Yeah. These both came from the same shelf at the same time. So Yeah, and there's no indication of batch uh, data. Here, barcodes, but, that's it. But, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see to, how the tastes yeah. <laughs> reflect that. I, I think I like the the more mango heavier flavor or flavor uh, aroma on this than I do the grassy. Me too, and and the head on yours retained better than mine too, That's true. which is also strange. Maybe I have an old one. It's possible. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so uh, flavor, mouthfeel, the most important things uh, should be moderately spicy and estery, associated with Belgian yeast strains. Clove-like and peppery flavors are common, as well as banana, pear, and apple. And uh, moderate flavors can be moderate to high in intensity. Mouthfeel should be medium to light and can vary due to carbonation level and adjunct use. So I'm getting a lot of malt and hop out of that. I'm getting a lot of malt. I'm getting a little bit of a, a little bit of a grassy tone, a little bit of a grassy flavor to it. And uh, just, just the slightest, the slightest piney afternote. Yeah. Like after, after note, aftertaste. But it's mostly malty, grassy. Yeah. And I would say that's the majority. <laughs> yeah, I would say for me, <laughs> maybe we need to switch beers again. But yeah. so I definitely get more of the earthy, spicy in the taste than did the aroma. The piney notes are definitely little happy little trees in the back of my mouth. Uh, very to me, it's more fruit forward um, than it is uh, earthy. I Until mean, you to me, me in the back, I'm getting more of the earth tones and the happy little trees in the back. Let, let's do a swap because okay. <laughs> to me, that one's pretty earthy all the way through. Um, I don't get much. I don't get much uh, mango or fruity flavor at all. Completely different beer. Yeah, yours has a lot more mango yours, to it. Mine it, is pretty earthy. Yeah, yours is earthy and more carbonated. Yeah, at least on the mouthfeel. Yeah, uh, a lot more bubbles. Yeah. So I think we clearly have two different batches of beer here. One of these is aged more than the other, and I would <laughs> guess it's yours is probably older. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if the sweetness is receding, it's yeah. going to be mine. Yours yeah. is almost all earth, like what I would expect out of a Belgian. Right. This is Mine is definitely more tropical. Yeah, yours is so more tropical, yeah. I wonder how far apart these are. <laughs> That's a good question. But you would think, like, surely their their batch dates, I mean, they can't be that far apart to age. I wouldn't think so. Unless one's been sitting on the shelf for a year. Yeah. But mine, to age so Mine quickly, tastes like it's been sitting a lot longer, at least... Probably yeah. at least at least half year. I mean, know? considering how how many different beers they produce. Yeah. And they ship a lot of beer. Yeah. This is really confusing. I, I agree. Uh, like I said, I went to our local small artisanal uh, beer buying store, which is uh, <laughs> Total Wine. Total Wine. <laughs> of course. And um, they were both sitting there side by side, you know. Uh, just kind of curious. Let me look at the, let's see if there's any indicator from the barcodes. Uh, no. Same barcode. Yeah, I mean, I figured it would be, but I thought maybe they'd have something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nope, they're they're the same, um, and everything looks the same. So that shows you. I mean, I would guess they probably had to be produced within the same month or two. Yeah, I would think so. So I mean, IPAs I know are designed to fall off more quickly than other beers. They're not sure. designed to age, but this is a remarkable difference in taste. <laughs> Yeah, yours yours does have some of that sweet mango or, or some kind of citrusy up front. Yeah, um, with a little bit of little bit of earth tone and then not much piney back. Mine is like eating a chunk of lawn with yeah. uh, <laughs> then then stuffing your mouth full of pine trees. Yeah, this is <laughs> it's this really is, weird. This is more this is to me this is what I'm drinking is a tropical IPA. Yeah, this is kind of what I want on a out of on a hot day is right. is the one I'm holding. Right. Yeah. Yours 
I mean, it reminds me more of like an East Coast IPA or yeah. more of a wintery IPA. It's it's more dank isn't the right word. It's definitely more grassy and earthy. I mean, it's, it's close. It's almost dank. I bet if it aged a little bit longer, it would be. It's like a Captain Planet beer. You know, it's like it's <laughs> it qua- it's the Kwame of, of IPAs. <laughs> it really is, which <laughs> is mean, not my favorite profile. No, I mean, who, yeah, nobody liked Kwame. Yeah, he was kind of a yeah, he's spare. He was like the Jared from Silicon Valley, but of the Planeteers, <laughs> but not as funny. But not as funny, right? Yeah. He didn't speak German in his sleep. <laughs> exactly. And you know, he, <laughs> he didn't have an uncle that uh, yeah. you know messed with him, and yeah, he didn't f like Jared either. <laughs> exactly. Kwame had no game. <laughs> That guy did not f. That's true. Uh, Link, Link with the captain of heart. Now you know that guy f's. Oh yeah, of course. Link yeah. had it all. <laughs> Wasn't did. that his name the the kid with heart? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll I think just, you're right. Yeah, I haven't seen it in about twenty five years, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's right. I think it's Link. It wasn't Wheeler. Wheeler was fire. There was Russian chick that had water. Yeah. There was Asian girl that. What did she have? Wind. I think so. I don't know. I don't remember. Anyways, the kid with the heart. That guy f's. Yeah. But Kwame. <laughs> Sorry, Lavar Burton. <laughs> no, Kwame didn't do nothing. Jordy didn't f, and Kwame didn't f. I'm sorry, you're the guy that neither, never f's. Neither did the guy who hosted Reading Rainbow. I was say, I don't think he got a lot of. He pulled a lot of wool uh, hosting Reading Rainbow. <laughs> I don't think so. At least not. I don't think <laughs> singing Butterfly in the Sky didn't really get the women going. You know? Well, I don't think he sang that. <laughs> he, has a, he has a really high singing voice. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what he led with, I though. You never know. I'm the guy from Reading Rainbow, you yeah. know. Butterfly in the sky. I don't even know it's Kuta Kinte. I don't think Kuta Kinte. I don't know that he got I a don't lot know. either. More likely it's that than the Reading Rainbow yeah. guy. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like people just feel sad for him in that role, though. Yeah. And LeVar himself, I'm sure he's a perfectly wonderful gentleman. He, I mean, having those roles, maybe he you know, is able to, maybe he's able to pull it down like Jared, but... Well, I mean, look at John Stamos. Uncle Jesse's That's not true. getting nothing, but as, as Stamos, he probably could. A wonderfully handsome man, that John Stamos. Exactly. He's like 65 now. I know. He's a good-looking uh, older gentleman. Yes, him and Rob Lowe. But this has nothing to do with what we're drinking right now. That's it's, not, it's not the hot man podcast. It's the beer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this guy F's podcast. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, all Back that to, to say. <laughs> all that to say. It's really weird. We got two, uh, or I picked up two yeah. beers on the same day, and they have such different flavors. Now, it is very reminiscent of the Prairie Day. It is. Do you think that there is a clown shoes mafia that's waiting to come after us? <laughs> because, I'm, because we have two di- wildly different beers here. Uh, I hope not, because it's really not our fault. It's really the fault yeah. of uh, clown shoes or the distributor. Maybe not even clown shoes. Maybe the yeah, distributor I mean, should be pulling stuff off the shelf. That's a good point. I mean, they could have had a, a hot truck or a hot facility in which it was stored that it didn't age properly, wasn't kept True. properly conditioned. That's definitely possible. Or maybe when they restock, they should be pulling the old stuff off, and Total Wine's like, nah, it's yeah, fine. It's possible. You know, who knows? I don't know. Or not Total yeah. Wine, but whoever stocks the shelves. And IPAs are definitely the sensitive Susies of, of the beer. Oh, absolutely. Um, they age quickly. They're well, Just look at our DFW beer group that complains that something's uh, over like oh, a God. month old. So Yeah, I don't know. Did we ever talk about that? How, how Do- Odell had a beer that... That was three months old, and somebody was complaining about freshness. We talked about uh, bells. Bells the, that they not suppo- Adele, yeah. they bells. supposedly sent us the old two hearted yeah. ale. Yes, that was did. three months old. Yeah, we did have that yeah. discussion. But uh, in any so case, this is the this is the tale of two cities again. Um, it is, and I expect if there's a clown shoes mafia, they're literally dressed like clowns. Yeah, literally all dressed like bozos. Be the like clown the clowns or, that hid in the woods like a few months ago yeah. that everybody was afraid of. Or Pennywise from right from, from it. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so let's talk about. Uh, I guess we have to rate these two two as two different beers. Then um, uh, we kind of do. I mean, there's not they're significantly different. I mean, enough to be enough that if you were to taste these back to back blindly, you would think they were two different beers. You would think they were exactly yeah. two different labels. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like, oh, they added some fruit to that one. Yeah, you know, and this one they did more woodsy. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah. like you could maybe tell that it's maybe the same base. 
that's about it, though. But that's about it. There's yeah. there's zero fruit in mine. You can tell they're both Belgian-y. Right. Both have those earthy tones, but flavor profile is way different. Yeah. So, ratings. You want to go first? Sure. Um, I think of the two beers, I definitely prefer mine because it is less Belgian-y. It's less, less uh, earthy. For the Fruity Frank? Yeah. I, opposed to the Woodsy Wally or Absolutely. Uh, I, I definitely prefer earthy more. Of, when it comes to Belgian beers, I prefer more, more of the fruit brute of beers yeah. than, uh, you know, Kwame. Um, Kwame can go eat a D. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Your beer is definitely way more grassy. Now, it may strike the note on the right day uh, at the right time, uh, but it's, it's not very It's grassy and drying often. and all that stuff. It's grassy. It's drying. Mine is more mango. I can definitely take. I can definitely you know taste more cloves there, but it's more of a lighthearted IPA. Going to give you a few laughs. Uh, Going to quench you your thirst. Eyes, yeah. yeah, when you're you know when you've been buried up to your neck in sand and you managed to dig your way out and you're trekking across the desert. Uh, this is the beer you want in your hand. You don't want your beer. Maybe after you just mowed a lawn or something and you're chilling Maybe. out in the backyard, your beer would be good. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is more of a poolside beer. I mean, beer. I know you have guys who do that yeah. for you. But you're if, right. Your IPA you is more you're stuck in uh, working at a Cinnabon in northeast United States uh, in a very cold state. <laughs> and uh, you have to relax the day because you have a very lonely cabin. You know, you've been yeah. uh, set up by witness protection. And you have a really thin, wispy mustache. And that's what you're going to have is that I feel that like this, you're going back to your one-man apartment. Yeah, it has just like a radiator and it has yeah. a bed that you pull out. You know, it's one of those whatever those beds are called that that hide yeah. away in the wall. Can't think of the name now, but you have one of those and you have just and it, it pretty much takes up the whole right. apartment when you pull the bed down. It's a Pullman bed. Yeah, yeah exactly. A and Bill Pullman bed. You don't have a real stove. Yeah. All you have is a hot plate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's the beer. Plate. That's the beer you're drinking. You're right crawling there. around on the ground and yeah, yeah. you have to cook your uh, beans and uh, pork or whatever <laughs> on the on the hot plate. Exactly. <laughs> Which you can't have the hot plate going when you have the bed down. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I think I'm guessing the beer I'm drinking right now, the uh, monastic Belgian IPA is the American monastic is probably more in line with what they were expecting. Oh, I think beer. so too. So of the two beers, I'm definitely going to rate mine higher. Um, it, it's a really good beer. Uh, it doesn't doesn't blow me skirt up, uh, but um, it's it's a good fine IPA and uh, better than I would expect it from a Belgian. So I'm going to give that one a three point seven five out of five. Uh, your beer was not at all what I expected and way too grassy, way too earthy. Uh, so I'm giving that one a three out of five cause it didn't remarkable difference here between the two beers. Yeah. So for me, it's not too different of a story. Um, I kind of think that the one that you had is the one that they expected. It has a full range of flavors. It has the fruity flavor. It has the fruity, a little bit of a fruity aroma, uh, it has the earthy tones, of course, because it's Belgian based. You're going to have some of that, and then it has enough pine and IPA type elements to it to kind of balance it out. So, it has a, kind of a champagneous quality as well. Yeah, it does. So I, I think I think yours is more balanced because you get that earth tone, but you get that fruit to kind of balance it out. Yeah, mine is just like desolate, drying, eating clumps of grass, mm-hmm. and then throwing some pine needles on top of it. Earthworm turds. And, and I love pine. I love piney flavor. Uh, but you know, I, I want something else other than that. When it's supposed to be a balanced beer, that's supposed to have more than it's supposed to have more than just that from yeah. the description. You're supposed to have that and a little bit of Belgiany, and then you're supposed to have some some fruity flavors. So uh, for yours, especially for a Belgian, because again, that's one of uh, we kind of agree that that's one of our least favorite styles and not one that we go to for too often. Pleasantly surprised, pretty balanced beer. I'd probably give yours. Well, not probably. I will. Give yours a 3.25 out of 5. Oh, wow. 
Um, not, it's not bad. I, I would drink a couple of those and be be satisfied. Uh, the one I got, it's everything I hate about Belgian beers, and it it almost just ruins what could be a decent IPA by having by having so much Belgian note. Uh, added to it, which of course that's what they're trying to do here. But I think if you took the IPA base out of this, made it a separate beer, I'd probably think that's fine. Yeah. But adding the Belgian note, it's just adding something nasty to something that could be fine. Right. So to me, mine uh, is really disappointing and drying and nasty, and just not my style at all. So even in, even in the realm of Belgians, it's more disappointing because I didn't expect it to be quite like this. Right. So I'm putting this one at a 2.25 out of five. Ooh. That's a harsh rating right yeah. there. That is a harsh, harsh rating. It earned it. It earned it. Hmm. Get the old ones off the shelves. Old hard-hitting dust. It's not supposed yeah. to be there. Get rid of it. Pay attention to your IPAs. Absolutely. Which is why every brewery should have a brewed on date. Absolutely, yes. Um, I, there's a few breweries that do that, and I think that should be... Oh, I agree. I think the uh, the Craft Beer Association, the uh, whatever they're called, the, uh, I can't think of the name right now... Um, the guys that just introduced the uh, specific logo for independent craft brewers. Which they should make I that, think is an interesting add-on. Yeah, which we didn't talk about, but... Uh, they should definitely make that as mandatory as part of their license agreements. You have to give a brood on date for accuracy. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. It wouldn't require that much more to no, it wouldn't to a label. But no, it really wouldn't. That is neither here nor is it there. It's really nothing we can do either. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Brew Bloods. Uh, thanks uh, to everyone who listens to the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks, um, everybody. Thank you. Uh, thanks for celebrating July Fourth with us. Uh, don't drink and drive. Uh, you can firework and drive. It, feel free, like if you have Roman candle, that might to drive down the street. Off, and yeah, I mean, but feel free to you know launch it at your friends. That's fine. Just but if you're sober and, and do that, then we're kind of hoping to do that anyway because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, true. So go ahead. It's fine. Good points. Uh, check us out on social networks: Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The occasional Snapchat, very occasional. If you have any feedback on the show, you can uh, email us at brewbloodshow at gmail or call us at four six nine five seven three beer. That's 469-573-2337. Is that what beer is in numbers? That is what it is. Nice. I know. I'm. We're real fancy with the numbers. <laughs> Glad you're, you're just now figuring that 105 episodes in. <laughs> I'm just now asking the question. A what? <laughs> All right. For Dustin and Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probst. Probst. Probst.